In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, tonight we're celebrating the glorious feast of the Theophany. Congratulations. The word Theophany means the revelation or manifestation of God. Theophany means the revelation or manifestation of God. And so today we're celebrating the great feast of the revelation of God. So as I was pondering about the the Feast of Theophany, I was wondering, you know, you might ask yourself, well, isn't the Nativity also then a, a Theophany? Isn't the Christmas a Theophany? So I was thinking about what is the distinguishing feature of the Theophany? Because actually, yeah, Christmas is a revelation. God was revealed in Christmas or in the Nativity. So what makes the Theophany so special? And I think to answer that question, maybe I'll ask a different question. And and I think that will answer why the theophany is so special is, why did Christ need to be baptized? What did the baptism of Christ do? And one of the things, I think if we answer that question, maybe we could understand what's so special about the theophany. The theophany, or the baptism of Christ, was... Something that was not like needed, like Christ did not need to be baptized. Even John the Baptist, when the Lord came to him, he said to him, like John tried to prevent the baptism and said, I need to be baptized by you, so why are you coming to me? So Christ didn't need this baptism. Even St. Cyril says he had no need of holy baptism. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he says he had no need of holy baptism, being holy, pure, and spotless, nor had he need of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is of him and equal to him in substance. So then the question still remains, so why was Christ baptized? So for this, I had to go to St. Gregory of Nyssa. St. Gregory of Nyssa, he gave... Two answers about why Christ was baptized. He said Christ was baptized by John in order to cleanse the defilement of humanity and to conquer the devil by raising up those who have fallen. Did you catch that? Christ was baptized by John in order to cleanse the defilement of humanity and to conquer the devil by raising up those who have fallen. And then as I was reading that definition... I thought to myself, that sounds a lot like the cross. Doesn't that definition sound a lot like the cross? So then I started thinking, wow, actually, baptism is, and this we always say this, but actually baptism is the first, like I would call it the first part of the cross. So the baptism is part of the cross. Let me explain a little bit. In the Catholic epistle, it says, He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. So blood, there's something blood. Where was the blood? The blood was on the cross. Maybe another example of this. You know, the mother of Zebedee, when she brought James and John to them and said, I want my sons to sit on your right and left. What was the answer of the Lord Jesus? He said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? References to the cross. And they said, we are able. And he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, or death, or I should say death, 
or death. So one of the ideas that I was thinking about is that Christ's life, like, was like the story of the cross. Like, it started at baptism. Like, baptism was like the first part of the cross. His life was the cross. His life, when he went to talk to the disciples, what did he say to the disciples? He said, deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. So that means during the life of Christ, what was he doing? Carrying a cross. So the baptism was the first part of the cross. His life was carrying the cross. And then he died on the cross. And then, obviously, you know the, the, the passages in Roman that says, do you not know if you are baptized, you are baptized into his death. So actually, baptism is the way we participate in the cross. It's actually death, and then when we come out of the water is resurrection. But the, the new piece to me was that considering it a cross, considering it like the cross. And if you think about it like that, I think it makes sense now why there was, like the, in the Old Testament, a sign of circumcision. Circumcision, you know, was phased out, sort of replaced by baptism. And, and if you think about baptism as a part of the cross, then you'll think think about the relationship between circumcision and the cutting of oneself, blood. I think it brings to light the sign of the cross. So actually, baptism is like the first step of the cross, the first step of carrying the cross. The other thing, the other reason Christ was baptized by, as St. Cyril mentions, he says, he who in everything is first, must in this also set the example, in order therefore that we may learn both the power itself of the holy baptism and how much we gain by approaching so great a grace, he commences the work himself. The idea is that Christ, whatever he did, he was the first and he represented all humanity. When Christ did something, he represented all humanity. So the idea that I want to maybe meditate on is actually that was the first step of, you know, the baptism of Christ. Why, when did that happen? Actually, it was the start of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the idea being that the life, the Christian life actually starts at baptism. But all I know all of you will say, oh, we were all baptized when we were kids. But the idea being that if you want to start a life with Christ, you can renew your vows of baptism through the sacraments of confession. Yeah, or confession and repentance and confession. Like one of the things I'm always like thinking about, how come, you know, you might say, how come we're not growing in our spiritual lives? How come we're not progressing? I think it's because we're not honest with ourselves. We don't come in the spirit of Repentance and confession. And repentance and confession has to be the first step in the spiritual life. has to be the first step in the spiritual life. Like one thing I was thinking about is that repentance and confession is sort of the realignment of our lives. So if you don't realign your lives, if you are in a car and you are going to a destination and you are not on the right path, I don't care what car you take. I don't care how fast of a car you drive. It doesn't matter how fast you go. You will not reach the right destination because you are not headed down the right path. You are not headed down the right path. 
This is like someone, and this is like a bad analogy, but like someone who takes communion without living a spiritual life. It's like taking a rocket ship to nowhere. Because it's it's not going to, actually, it's a, that would be taking you to another place. It would be a, a rocket ship of condemnation, as St. Paul says. He says, anyone who takes this in an unworthy manner will be, will be guilty of the, the body and the blood of Christ. So the idea is in the spiritual life, the first stage should be the repentance and confession. The second reason that Christ was baptized, so the first one was for all humanity, to forgive and cleanse all humanity as written, as was mentioned in the Pauline epistle today. But the second reason that St. Gregory, he mentions, he says, to bring down the Spirit from above, to bring down the Spirit from above and to exalt man to to heaven. So if Christ's baptism was for all humanity, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon him was also for all humanity. And actually you could say the same thing about even the cross, like something we say all the time about the cross. We say, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, who was nailed to the cross in the sixth hour and killed sin by the tree, and by your death you made alive the dead man, whom you created with your own hands and had died in sin. Then we say, put to death our pains by your healing and life-giving passions, and by the nails with which you were nailed, rescue our minds. So you see, whatever Christ did, he was doing it also for, for humanity. So when the Holy Spirit came upon him, it was also for all humanity. And this was a concept that I think is very profound, that the Holy Spirit now came down upon Him, now for all humanity. So now we were capable now of accepting the Holy Spirit. And I think this is a key characteristic of the Christian life. The key characteristic of the Christian life is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, in the Old Testament, like the Holy Spirit was sort of... Um, how to say, given maybe conservatively to a, like for a specific purpose and mission to a person. But now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is, like to use the words of the prophecy, is poured out. The Holy Spirit is poured out. You know, in Joel it says, afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and old men will dream dreams. The idea I was thinking about, and this was uh, like someone gave me this very nice analogy, is that in the Old Testament, it was like, the Holy Spirit was like uh, like a, a good servant who visits like their Sunday school kid, but only visits them for like a time, just a short period, a short, short. But when the Holy Spirit was poured upon us, through the baptism of Christ and later on in the Pentecost, then we are able to have an intimate relationship with God. There's a verse in Second or in First Corinthians that says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I think that's a very, like, the, the mystery of the Christian life lies in the unification and the work of the Holy Spirit in in our hearts. So I, I think those were maybe just two or three reasons why the 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 baptism or the, the baptism of Christ is 
something that is very remarkable, something that's why it's a major feast of the church. It is the manifest not only the manifestation of God, but it was through the baptism that we were able to be cleansed, cleansed from our sin, and then to be capable to receive the Holy Spirit. And glory be to God forever. Amen.